Welcome to the Property Elite Podcast. I'll be your host, Jen Lehman, Chartered Surveyor and Co-Founder of Property Elite. Stay tuned each week for more on industry hot topics, market updates and new RICS guidance. This is part one of a two-part blog exploring the RICS Black Book and its essential reading for RICS, APC and ASOC RICS candidates on all pathways. This week's blog is going to explore what the RICS Black Book is, why it's important, what the change control and management RICS guidance note is, what changes and how contracts deal with change. Part two of this blog is going to look at the subcontract and guidance note and how the Black Book is useful for those sitting their APC or ASOC RICS qualifications. Firstly then, what is the Black Book? The Black Book is a suite of guidance notes that define good technical standards for quantity surveying and construction professionals. Many of these guidance notes are also relevant to other pathways, especially project management and building surveying. These standards are essential development tools for younger professionals working through their APC and useful guides to best practice for more experienced professionals. There are loads of different examples of Black Book guidance notes, but a few of them include change control and management, which we'll talk a little bit about here, subcontracting, acceleration, retention, and e-tendering. RICS guidance notes are documents that provide recommendations or an approach for accepted good practice, as followed by competent and conscientious practitioners. This sits in contrast with RICS professional statements, often abbreviated to PS, which contain mandatory requirements for RICS members and RICS regulated firms. Guidance notes, including the one which I'll talk about shortly, typically follow a standard structure, and that divides the guidance into three distinct chapters. Chapter one, general principles, and this covers level one, which is knowing. Practical application, this covers level two, doing. And practical considerations, which is level three, doing and advising. So why is the Black Book important? Well, the Black Book is an important resource because it provides certainty and consistency to best practice. It provides standards against which professionals can perform their duties. It eliminates ambiguity. It promotes best practice. It helps ensure that clients receive objective advice. And it also allows the benchmarking of services when employing professionals. So let's run through what the change control and management guidance note is. Firstly, as I'm sure you all know if you work in construction, that changes are basically inevitable during a construction project. And so change management is about how we smoothly facilitate those inevitable adjustments to project scopes, to costs, to programs, etc. This particular guidance note, which is a part of the Black Book, 
was effective from the 1st of April 2021. Change control itself is the process or suite of processes that can lead to alterations of timescales, costs, or scope of a project. As explained in the guidance note, change management involves the control process so that these changes are effectively recorded and implemented. Effective change management should also aim to avoid the need for change entirely. So for example, making sure that detailed site investigations and condition surveys are carried out at the earliest stages of a project and maintaining detailed risk registers and evaluating them at regular set points. These are all things which are diligent project manager or quantity surveyor should be carrying out as a part of their day-to-day -day work. What is change? Change itself um, is typically something that alters the scope of a project as we mentioned. So despite the drive to avoid the need for change, when required these changes can be initiated by generally the employer so as I say, that could be an example of um, altering the scope for a project or by the contractor, for example, due to finding new information while on site. Best practice generally dictates that at set stages, change control procedures, which are sometimes referred to as a design freeze, might be initiated by the employer to make sure that the approved information in the scope of works isn't changed without the employer's express permission. And an example of that might be, say, the RIBA Stage 1 project brief or an RIBA Stage 4 technical design. The guidance note itself outlines very clearly what some of the reasons for change are. This is a pretty long list. I would recommend reading the guidance note, but a few of those reasons might be value engineering, changes to statutory requirements or to regulations, unforeseen site information, design issues, or something that's particularly relevant in the current climate might be specified items becoming unavailable or unavailable inside the programme timescale. A change management procedure should be defined at the project outset. Um, and as a project manager myself, I would generally put this within my project management plan and set out a step-by-step -step procedure for how change will be managed and who will be responsible for managing that process. A typical process that I might include in a project management plan would be an eight stage process. Firstly, identifying the reason or reasons for any change that comes up, logging that proposed change in my change register. Thirdly, investigating what the impact of that change might be on say the cost, the timescales, um, the program, the quality of the project. This investigation could be fairly quick. Um, for example, looking at agreed rates on a project through to a much more in-depth investigation. Fourthly, look to how to mitigate risk and maximize opportunities of any impact of this change in terms of the overall project. Then reviewing and either accepting or rejecting the change. And then once that's done, the sixth, seventh and eighth steps I would typically go through would be to follow any contractual processes in terms of accepting that change, implementing the change itself and making sure that any drawings or project documentation is updated.
The final section that we'll run through here before we have a look at a conclusion and some key points is how contracts deal with change. Change control procedures are usually included in contracts. Standard forms like the JCT, NEC and FIDIC contracts make provision for change control, but they differ in terms of definitions and terminology. The guidance note gives some advice on how to manage change in various different common standard contract forms. And it also discusses who carries the risk of change and the importance of having a risk register on a project, which again, as a project manager, that is one of the key documents that I would make sure I held and maintained throughout the project lifecycle. I'm going to briefly talk through um, an example of the provision and the terminology using the JCT design and build contracts 2016, which is one of the most commonly used construction contracts in the UK. Under this type of contract, the employer and its consultants prepare what's called employer's requirements that set the basis for the contractor's scope of work. The contractor might produce a proposal document here, but the employer's requirements always take precedence in this process. And so any contractor's proposal should reflect these. To go back to what we spoke about before in terms of a design freeze, the contents of the issued employer's requirements would be an element of this design freeze, capturing what's required at a particular stage in the process. Change from this, therefore, under this contract is defined as follows. The alteration or modification of the design, quantity or quality of the works by a change in those employer's requirements, or the imposition by the employer of any additional obligations or restrictions, or the addition to or alteration or omission of any obligations or restrictions. These restrictions refer specifically to say access to the site or parts of it, limitations on working space or working hours, and carrying out the work in a specific order. Changes under this type of contract generally come about in one of two ways. Firstly, the employer will introduce change and issue an instruction in writing. Or secondly, the contractor may propose a change to the employer's requirements. For example, a change in the specification of roof tiles to a type that still complies with the British standards, still meets performance requirements, but that may be able to be delivered more quickly or be more economical. For a significant change that's outside of their employer's requirements, the contractor may share the saving with the employer, but whether or not this happens will typically define on the type of contract and how any win-lose mechanisms are defined. While the guidance note covers basic commercial considerations, more detail on dealing with time and cost implications is given in the current edition of Valuing Change which is a different RICS guidance note. That brings us on to the conclusion and a recap of some of the key points that we've talked about. In summary of some of the key points that we've talked about over this podcast, the Black Book is a suite of guidance notes that define good technical standards. They provide recommendations or approaches for accepted good practice. Further standards are added periodically, forming a legacy of technical information. 
The change control and management guidance note is important, particularly as changes are almost inevitable in construction projects. Do try and avoid the need for change, but follow a defined process where it's needed and ensure you understand the way in which any contracts that you're using or plan on using deal with and define change. As a couple of final pointers, do be aware that some guidance notes contain out of date material and guidance because of factors like evolving construction case law or changing contracts. So do always make sure that you proceed with caution when referring to and citing guidance notes. And if there is ever any doubt, take professional advice. Finally, while this isn't something that's covered at all in the change control and management guidance note, the Building Safety Act 2022 brings in some obligations for higher risk buildings, which include managing change. The guidance note should be carefully considered by people working on relevant projects. And if you want any more information on the Building Safety Act or the specifics, have a look on the HSE website. Thanks for listening to the Property Elite podcast this week. Head to our website to check out our full blog, free and paid support resources and services, free consultation for every single RICS APC and ASOC RICS candidate, and also ask us any questions you have via the website chat blog. See you next week.